0: Hello and welcome to Superfancast. My name is Chris, I'm joined by Matt, and this is Season 2, Episode 9, Rick James.
1: Would you say he's the kind
0: you don't take home to mother? <laughs> Very good. Absolutely. He's definitely the kind you wouldn't take home to mother. Uh, I almost said Season 2, Episode 8, Pearl Jam, because I haven't haven't changed my, my script here.
1: <laughs> oh no. <laughs> We're going to learn about Pearl Jam today.
0: Before we get into things, if you are a listener of Superfancast, but you do not follow Superfan News... What the hell are you doing with your life? You, we, We've been giving away free money on Twitter a couple of weeks in a row now. So follow us on Twitter at Superfancast1, or if you just search for Superfan News or Superfancast, you'll find us. We are doing a New Music Friday giveaway, not every Friday, but uh, if you follow us, then you'll get notified when that happens. And that's to promote superfannews.net, where you can leave your own music reviews and your own articles. It's music media for the fans, by the fans. That was a proper public service announcement, that wasn't it?
1: That was, yeah, beautiful.
0: What have you been doing with your life?
1: Oh, don't don't get me started. <laughs> just just a uh, just a continuation of last time. Uh, I still don't have my computer or my microphone, so I'm still talking on my mobile phone. That's why it sounds like I'm talking on a mobile phone.
0: No, actually, you sound you sound surprisingly good. Actually.
1: Oh right, it's it's a good phone, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, I guess. I do. <laughs> do, you to, do you want to do a plug? No, they're well, not yeah, paying us, are they? No, they're not paying us.
1: It's a su- official Superfan uh, phone.
0: Do you know? It's, it's weird, right? We've got um, got some Superfan News merch here, and when I was on the site that I used, again, I'm not going to plug because they've given me some troubles with uh, with delivery. But when I was on the site looking at the stuff that we can get branded, this the kind of stuff that they do is re- some some stuff is really obscure. Like you know, they do the they do the usuals like a coffee mug or a hat. Or a shirt. And then they do really weird things like plant pots or <laughs> like um, an apron or something. An apron? Yeah, like, wow. a, like a kitchen apron.
1: Yeah, that's that's so random. Yeah. Wow. You, you, you could kit out your whole kitchen with super fan utensils and <laughs> places and things. Should we
0: get into the utensils game?
1: Yeah, maybe. We haven't done that yet.
0: <laughs> Other than Rick James, have you been listening to anything exciting over the last two weeks?
1: I, I've been really. I've been really digging, (laughs) I've been really digging the word digging, an indigenous Siberian folk pop band called Otyken, I'm not sure if that's how it's pronounced, O-T-Y-K-E-N. Yeah, I I love this sort of stuff. I love bands that take, you know, indigenous music from, you know, all parts of the world and, you know, give it interesting twists with um, electronic sounds and, I guess, Western pop concepts it's quite hard to explain but but basically it's like a photo it's a group of people who are using their folk instruments so there's all sorts of like interesting cellos with two strings and lots of percussion as throat singing and they've got all the costumes but they're also got a bit of electronic synths going on a bit of electric guitar a bit of rapping in their in their own language and it's, it sounds absolutely it sounds fresh and fascinating and mm. yeah well what did, what did you think of these guys
0: i love the, the the tracks that you recommended i loved um i listened to a uh, to a few other tunes uh everything that you've said there i really love but i did notice that i went back and listened to their debut and mm. it's they've not always been that way, uh, and they did no. they have evolved into that, and their earlier stuff is much more electronic, um, right. interesting. kind of Euro poppy, and uh, even though the like the description, if you go on Spotify, I think the description does does lean into the using indigenous indigenous instruments and and whatnot, but yeah, the earlier stuff didn't feel like that at all. It was, it was very different, but obviously at some point along the way they've gone well, this you know let's. Let's pivot and and really play on this this aspect, and yeah. it's brilliant. Yeah, I really loved the tunes that you sent me. Really loved them. Yeah,
1: yeah. Maybe maybe they established themselves uh, with the the more electronic sound, and then tried to be a little bit more catfish this. Yeah, well, like, yeah. I guess they have. Yeah, they like, they've tried to branch out a bit more. Like, haha, this is who we really are. So I'm also a huge fan of South Park. And i have been really enjoying this 25th anniversary concert, which there's so many videos of this on YouTube. It's, it's Matt Stone and Trey Parker, the two creators of South Park, and they do most of the voices. Uh, they also write a lot of the songs that appear in the TV show and in the movie. And so they, they've done a concert because South Park's 25 years old and it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. Like the band are fabulous, and they've also got Les Claypool because you know, obviously, Les Claypool he he does the South Park theme tune. He comes out on stage and he's dressed in the same way he his cartoon version is in in South Park. Yeah, it's great, and then and then he plays in the other songs as well. You know, they've got they've got a great like rock choir, and then later on they have Rush on stage with them as well. Like of all people. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> rush are playing with them and jamming with them
0: but rush yeah. uh, rush have been on south park haven't they or uh, or or were they on the simpsons no they've been on the simpsons haven't they They've rush? been on the
1: simpsons yeah, yeah but i'm pretty sure they've been on south park um mm-hmm. but they, they're just huge fans of of rush and i think they just wanted an excuse to, to jam with them so yeah. that's that's really good
0: fun yeah that's cool i haven't seen any i've, I've seen loads of videos going around on social media but I haven't clicked on any, so yeah, I haven't heard any of it. And I did, yeah. to be honest, I did, I didn't know what it was, but I had seen some videos going around of Trey Parker and Matt Stone with, uh, well, I thought it was they were playing with Primus, but yeah, I guess it was just playing with Les. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't know what it was, but yeah, I'll I'll check it out.
1: Yeah, yeah, really good, and and I I forget how good songwriters they are. You know, they're really good songs. Mm. Uh, I I guess also, and and I hope I don't offend. Rick James fans by saying this, I'll put this out there that I am a Prince super fan, and so Ooh. I know, and so and so you know, researching for this episode, uh, I've heard a lot of stories about Prince and the rivalry between Prince and Rick James, so I I've been listening to Prince again, you know, as as I do a lot, but this time it's been a bit more intently thinking like oh and you know what are the similarities, mm. that's been interesting. Just
0: uh... yeah, I won't, I won't go into it in too much detail because we'll probably talk about it in the body of the episode. But I was, it, it's it's important to recognise though that, and I don't want to don't annoy Matt, but I also don't want to annoy the listeners. I know. <laughs> it's important to recognise that they debuted the same year, Prince and uh, um, and Rick James, and then let's not forget how prolific Rick James was in the eighties. He was releasing an album at least an album every year from seventy nine till eighty nine. Oh. So, um, so I think it's, I think it's, it's low hanging fruit. It's easy to go, oh, Rick James was, was really copying a lot of, a lot of prints, but actually he was doing loads of, of his own stuff. And I think it would have been, yeah, I, I, I think there's more to it. I don't think he was, uh, I don't think he was emulating prints. I think they, they inconveniently had quite similar styles in many ways.
1: Yeah. But I think, I think they, they sort of inspired each other
0: yeah that's uh, possible know. yeah
1: um maybe not intentionally but they were pushing each other mm. and so any similarities are not necessarily one copying the other but just just the natural you know just naturally what comes out of a, a rivalry i suppose yeah 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 what have you been listening to
0: i've been having a real psy trance week <laughs> this last this last oh, week yeah. or so been getting back into zubzub who i enjoy very much um i i had their album i think i might have talked about this in a previous episode but i had their album primate a few years back and i had i don't have it now it was on an ipod and uh, that's a f- fantastic album uh from 2011 and then in i've been listening this week to their 2008 the powers that beep which i've never heard before but it's the only zubzub album that's available on spotify so i've been listening to that and it's and it's really good and i i knew the 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 uh opening track of of the powers that be because i had it on a compilation many years ago uh, but it's just really it, it's really cool psychedelic space age trance that mm. it's got a real thinking nature to it you know it, it really makes you like and know, think about the universe and life and and, it, wow. and the other thing is i i find it really easy to work to <laughs> like I, I could just work for hours listening to it that's so cool. really loving Zub Zub, and then also Eat Static as well, oh, um, yes. which you, know, you introduced me to. So yeah, I've been yeah. just doing loads of psytrance, and and also it's a genre that it's a genre that's quite easy to handle shuffle on Spotify. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I find if I'm listening to an album and then it ends and Spotify just starts throwing tracks at me, I'm quite comfortable with that. Like I don't need to know the music. It's yeah, that's handy. Yes. Yeah, it's been enjoying that. I've also, uh, on the complete other end of the spectrum, I've been listening to Dirt by Alison Chains. I can't remember why I started listening to Dirt this week, because it's an album that I've got and love and listened to a lot, but I just haven't heard it in a while. And
1: Well, we had a grungy uh, mm. time last time, didn't we?
0: Yeah, it could so. be. It could be that my phone thought I wanted to hear more grunge, so it's it's recommended to Dirt. But yeah, it's a great album. It's a great album. And the, the biggest complaint I've got that album is that they have wood as the last track that should be the first track on the album because it means that if I really want to hear that I've got to go to the last track and then skip back to the beginning again oh, that winds me up That does. Mm, I think Dem Bones <laughs> is just is is, is,
1: a, is a brilliant
0: opener yeah so yeah so, oh, look there's an, there's not a bad track on that album but I would love to have wood a bit a bit higher up in the listing
1: I'd <laughs> <laughs> love to have wood a bit higher up <laughs> oi oi BA good you can go to the doctors for that.
0: <laughs> Last week, we talked a little bit about Bruce Springsteen tickets and yeah. how extortionate they were. And then you sent me a screenshot earlier in the week of Pearl Jam tickets for yeah. close to 5,000, was it?
1: I think so. You might have to look that up.
0: Did you look at what that gets you?
1: It just, I think it just gets you a seat, just no. a random st- just a random seat in this in the stadium, um, because I I've joined a few Pearl Jam fan groups on social media, and a lot of people have been sharing these snapshots because they're trying to get tickets for for these concerts, and and there's so many of them are just like gutted that they cannot afford <laughs> these seats.
0: But that's disgusting. Yeah, I've, I found it here four thousand two hundred and fifty six each, and that's uh, seated. Um, row five, section one one five, at Madison Square Garden. That's oh, insane. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. I mean, it's, it's a great venue, but four thousand three hundred pounds uh, dollars dollars. Sorry.
1: Yeah, it's 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 crazy, isn't it? Absolutely bonkers.
0: Live music is going to die if they cut if they start doing that. It's going to, yeah, it's just going to cut it off to such a small section of society.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bit of a circle, isn't it? Because. Because, cause, cause no one's. I'm going to be granddad again. <laughs> I have these granddad moments. You're in good um, company. Because no one's. Because no one's buying music anymore. Bands have to, to make money somehow, or the labels do anyway. They, you know, you know. So, because I, I, I don't think Pearl Jam would have feel good about charging this much. So, ticket sales just go just go up and up and up, and mm. it's going to get to a point where it's, it's too much for people so I don't know where it's going to go. Yeah. Very strange.
0: I don't like it, Matt. I don't like it.
1: It's going to be all about merchandise. Yeah. Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam aprons and Pearl Jam kitchenware.
0: What would late 90s Pearl Jam have thought about $4,500 tickets?
1: Oh, they would They would be outraged. Absolutely outraged. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Rick James was an American singer-songwriter and musician from Buffalo, New York, who saw success mainly in the 80s and 90s. He began his music career in the mid-60s with the rock band Minor Birds, but it wasn't until a decade later that his solo career began and he started to make a name for himself. Between 78 and 89 he released 11 studio albums, as well as writing and producing work for others such as Eddie Murphy and Tina Marie. The pinnacle of his career came in 1981 with the release of his platinum-selling street songs. The lead single Super Freak became a worldwide hit and the sound that Rick James is remembered for. The 90s saw a number of further releases but he failed to regain the heights reached in the previous decade. In August 2004 at the age of 56, Rick James passed away from heart failure. There have been a number of posthumous releases but but they've largely gone unnoticed his unique punk funk off stage antics and larger than life character have ensured his name lives on, and his early releases certainly maintain a recognizable style to this day. That's Rick James. Sounds right. Yeah, it's a, a bit it's a bit of a different uh, bio this week because uh, there was no point in going through his life, born this year, did this, because Christ he's just done everything, hasn't he? Oh, he's
1: his- had a crazy life, absolutely crazy. <laughs> Fascinating. It's
0: really fascinating. I hope we can talk about it a little bit, because um, yeah, his, his life is a is an absolute roller coaster. I'll I'll go first if you don't mind, because mine's probably going to be pretty quick. I don't know how long yours will be, but I knew Rick James for the same reasons that I think most people know Rick James for. So obviously, you know Super Freak and and Give It to Me, and I also knew his appearances on Dave Chappelle's show and the parody of him on on dave Chappelle's show so because i I very much knew rick james existed and knew his style and knew his character but yeah his character and his antics preceded him a little bit for me did certainly didn't know how much music he'd released yeah i I think that's about it really i don't have i don't have a great deal to say I i think that's about i think most people who aren't big Rick James fans and probably most people in the UK as well. He didn't, he didn't seem to have as big an impact here in the UK as he did in the US and some other countries. He had, he had pockets of fame in, in some European countries, but I don't th- I think in the UK his music didn't chart quite as well as it did in, in Europe and in the US for whatever reason. So I don't know, mm. maybe you'll surprise me and tell me that I'm, I'm the odd one out and actually everyone's, everyone's massively into Rick James.
1: <laughs> no, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty similar to you actually. I probably knew him even less than you. Of course, I knew Super Freak because everyone knows that song. And I've played it in bands a few times. I also knew and loved Come and Get It, the album. Oh, right. Because uh, I I guess I found a load of um, bass parts to learn from that album. And I thought, oh, this is really good. This is great music. But I never really dipped my toe deeper into his catalogue or anything. He seemed like an interesting person, but... Uh, I don't know why. I've never really given him the chance. But uh, yeah, it's been an interesting listen and an interesting um, journey looking at his life. He, uh, I definitely need to read his memoirs or, you know, at least a biography because it's, it just sounds like a, a crazy life, absolutely fascinating life.
0: So I will ask five questions to help us discover a little bit more about Rick James. I'm going to be asking those five questions a little bit later to Quintella from Philadelphia. She will get one point per correct answer, five points, and she will forever be known as a super fan. i will also be asking you, Matthew, five points means very little to you. It's just for okay. fun. Just for fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. Just for the record also, we are not experts. We're not scholars. <laughs> we've just, we've tried our best to learn as much as we can in two weeks.
0: Yeah. Good disclaimer. So question one. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the song Cold-Blooded written about?
1: Cold-Blooded was written about Linda Blair.
0: Easy point, right? It started easy off easy point. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Linda Blair, the girl from The Exorcist. <laughs> the sc- <laughs> what did they call her? They called her the Scream Queen or something, didn't they? Because she was in a bunch of horror movies.
1: I never heard... I'm a big horror fan. I've never considered her as a Scream Queen.
0: Because... You no, know, I think maybe it was just within a period because... After the Exorcist came out, she did a couple more, and then she did Exorcist Two, and then that was about it, really. Uh, so it was okay. pretty for a very short period. I've never seen Exorcist Two. Is it good?
1: I've never seen Exorcist Two. I've never, I've never even seen Exorcist One. No me. way. No, I just never got around to it.
0: Home oh, it's a great movie. You got to see it. Yeah, it's a classic. I'm desperate
1: to see it. I need to watch it. Yeah, you got
0: to see it. So, so Rick and Linda were dating between eighty-two and eighty-four. This song came out in eighty-three, so right in the heart of their... Their whirlwind romance, and it's an awesome song. I think. I think it's a great song.
1: Yeah, it's cool. Love it's this cool. Tune. I think it's a highlight of the the album, actually.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really eighties. Really eighties. uh It's very clean. It's kind of it's void of like all the, well, kind of kind of like the Rick James signature sounds. Really, it's not got many horns on it. Has it got any horns on it? I'm sure it's got horns on it, just not many. And kind of like the synthetic strings in the background, so all those things that you hear on all the previous albums, Cold Blooded is a bit yeah, got much more of an 80s sound on the whole.
1: It's a bit more electronic, isn't it?
0: Definitely, yeah. Electric snare, uh, a yeah. bit of hand clap.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everyone likes a hand clap.
0: Yeah, I love a hand clap. <laughs> it's a good tune. It's a great tune.
1: Yeah. So in in his in his memoir, it was it was about how Linda could freeze my blood. He said. Hmm. Yeah, she 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 messed around with his emotions quite a lot, and she got pregnant. She had an abortion without, uh, well, she was pregnant with with his child, I believe, and she didn't tell him about the abortion. She just went with it, and he, he was quite upset about that.
0: Mm. Yeah, he seems he seems that seems quite heartfelt. That I saw him mention it a few times, saying that mm. he, yeah, he never stops thinking about that that child. Yeah. Uh, Linda Blair is a bit of a bit of an interesting character, really. I didn't yeah. know anything about her, to be honest. And when I read Linda Blair, I didn't know that was the girl from The Exorcist either. I I didn't know that actress's name.
1: You thought it was something something to do with Tony Blair? <laughs> <laughs> wow.
0: <laughs> no, I had no idea who Linda Blair was. But yeah, she's a, she's a really interesting character. She, uh, have you read up about her much? Not really, no. Okay. So I first read that uh, the reason they got together, or the the reason they met, well, because Rick read in an interview that Linda Blair said she thought Rick James was sexy. Mm, so yes. so he tracked her down and they started dating, which is a normal thing to do, yeah. isn't it? When you that hear that, you that a woman finds you sexy, you go, right, first plane, I'm there. <laughs> uh, then I found out that the magazine that he was reading where Linda Blair said in an interview she thought he was sexy mm. was an interview in We oui magazine, as in the French We oui. Yes. Uh, which is a porno. Uh, and that made me look more into Linda Blair. So she was doing a topless shoot in this porno. And there's quite a lot of topless shoots online of Linda Blair. Mm, um, yes. And she was not afraid to take clothes off. No. She also has a, quite a long list of, of previous boyfriends that were rock stars. Mm. So she really enjoyed hanging out at clubs in Hollywood where a lot of rock bands would hang out. And she dated uh, all sorts of characters there, and she was a bit of a free spirit. She was into her illegal substances, and
1: yeah, I mean, I I, I don't want to be, I don't want to sound judgmental, but um, I, I hear people say like, oh, her lifestyle is the result of being a huge child star, and mm. especially being a a star in in a kind of movie like The Exorcist was, you know.
0: Yeah, potentially, yeah, um, but they seem like. At that time, they seemed like a bit of a good fit, really. I mean, they were both right. into their, both into partying, very openly sexual individuals, free spirits, did their own thing, and
1: yeah, a match made in heaven
0: for two years. Yeah, back back to Cold Blooded though, the album Cold Blooded. Mm. I think that's a real turn in his discography, really, because all the albums prior to that, they've all got a, a very similar sound to them. They're, stylistically, uh, they're all very similar. Whereas I think Cold Blooded has got um, is is a real turn, is is a, is a real gear change. Well, not gear change. That makes it sound as if he's going up or down. But like, <laughs> uh, definitely a change to to his approach. Yep. Um, drums more obviously programmed. Uh, there's less horns, more synth, more ele- electronic production.
1: Yeah, it's very yeah. stripped back, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but there's some good tunes on there. I think Ebony Eyes with um, with Smokey Robinson is really awesome.
1: Yeah. Did you have you seen the video for that? No, I haven't. It's I mean I skimmed through it because it's it's quite long. It's I mean it's it like the first half of the video is just it's just like setting the story. But it's it's it basically Rick James and Smokey Robinson. They, they they they're flying in a plane and the plane crashes on a desert island. Uh, so they're sort of singing the song, strolling around the desert island, uh, trying to get ready to to see their their loved ones again one day. And it's 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 quite sweet, but it's also really cheesy.
0: <laughs> I can't imagine Rick James doing cheesy.
1: Quite hilarious, actually.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else is a good one? Uh, one, two, three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's got a bit of a Stevie Wonder vibe to it, to the vocals on that. I think.
1: Yeah, it's it's very it's a very sentimental album. I think you know you know like like also we've got Billy D. Williams doing a monologue at the start of one mm-hmm. of the songs. Yeah, uh, you know Landau Carisian. and it's 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 just cheese, isn't it? Really cheesy, like so romantic and and um, the ballads as well. There's some some sweet ballads on there.
0: Yeah, there's some sweet ballads, and then there's Pimp the Simp with Grandmaster yeah. Flash, Pimp which is Sim, yeah. a bizarre tune,
1: very strange. Yeah, yeah, and there's 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 the rap at the end about prostitution.
0: Yeah, it's really odd, like Pimp the Simp, because when you listen to it, you listen to the lyrics, it's actually quite dark. Yeah. oh what's this doing <laughs> this shouldn't be on here
1: yeah i mean grandmaster flash likes a social message doesn't he yeah yeah it's 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 an interesting album i mean i i it's definitely not one of my favorites by rick james but i i appreciate that he's taking a new direction i, I think that's important for for any artist to, to keep trying different things and yeah it's definitely a turning point
0: yeah love life wise just a quick a bit more on his love life so linda blair obviously important to him Mm -hmm. tanya hijazi was his last lover they divorced in 2002 and then he passed away two years later Hmm. they they were together for 12 years can you believe it rick james i I don't imagine in my mind rick james isn't the kind of man to have held down a relationship for 12 years
1: yeah i mean he seems like a very multi-layered individual in that sense you know you, you think like how much of this persona is is really him you know
0: that's it yeah see i i wonder about that as well i wonder how much of rick james is an act and and how different he is in private
1: yeah apparently he also had liaisons with the wife of marvin Gaye, jan gay
0: <gasps> did he yeah
1: at some point and also ola ray who's the the girl from michael jackson's thriller you know the girl he takes takes on huh? a date i
0: didn't know and any of that he,
1: and e-man the supermodel no way yeah, just a just a few.
0: Pimp the simp.
1: <laughs> I think these are just rumors though. I mean, these are I I couldn't tell you any more about these. <laughs> yes. I just found I found various stories that were alluded to in his memoirs.
0: Yeah. Cool. Question 2. What song won Rick James his only Grammy? Can't touch this. Yeah. It's a shame, isn't it? <laughs>
1: Oh, it's sad, isn't it? I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's he's pleased about the royalties and everything, but it's it's a shame the way things go. I mean, and and also the, you know, he, he there wasn't even any permission given to to sample the the track.
0: No, and he said uh, he said um, I wasn't asked, and if I was, I'd have said no.
1: Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I mean, apparently he was absolutely pissed when he heard it. Yeah, if I heard the song originally. He's like, "What are they doing?" And 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 it's not just a sample. It's like the whole song has just been copied. And yeah, posted.
0: but also on, on the sampling thing, I think uh, I've heard him say that. And I don't know how I don't know if if he's got his dates right necessarily, but it, but he said at that time sampling wasn't as as prominent mm-hmm. as it is now. Yeah, and it, it was quite new, and so he he was against it, and a lot of other artists were very against this idea of sampling. Yeah, and and he said that now he has more of an appreciation for it. yeah. Um, but he did also kind of say in jest that the uh, the money that You Can't Touch This has brought him, has helped him grow that appreciation. <laughs> oh
1: God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, just in case anybody doesn't know, um, I'm sure everybody does. We're talking about Super Freak being copied and pasted into Can't Touch This by yeah. MC Hammer.
0: <laughs> yeah. As a side note, people talk about how this, I mean, this is a very distant side note by the way this is really yeah. off off topic people talk a lot now about how hip-hop and um hip-hop and rap has mm. softened up you know because obviously in the 90s we had gangster rap and now yes. we've got people like lil nas x who are very prominent um on the scene and there's a lot of there's a lot of haters out there from, you know, the were into the into the scene in, in the 90s who are not very happy about it. Now, if you watch MC Hammer accept his award at the Grammys, mm. he's wearing like a uh, it, it's uh, just like leather straps over his <laughs> over his chest. Have you seen it?
1: All right. No, I haven't.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's yeah, he's just wearing like this top that's just made up of leather straps. It's it's really bizarre. <laughs> it's really weird. Can I you imagine think...
1: any? Can you imagine any modern rappers doing that?
0: Exactly. I'd love to see. I'd love to see Method Man accept an award in, in 2000. Just wearing leather straps around his chest. Yeah, it looks good. Oh, anyway, there you go. That was hip, a side
1: note, hip hop, was just a completely different beast.
0: Yeah, it really understand. was. It was so. The MC ha- I know. Okay, so MC Hammer didn't have a, a great career other than this. Like this, this tune just blew up, and still, still blows up now, doesn't it? Mm. But other than this, he didn't have a great career. But but really, I mean, if you watch any performance by him then, and the music video, what was he wearing? He was just wearing the the weirdest stuff.
1: Yeah, but everyone loves it, you know. It's it's Dalgger as well. It's really of the time. And and I've got to say as well, when, whenever I've played Super Freak in bands, wow. there's always people singing "Can't touch this" yeah <laughs> while we're playing, and uh, you, you kind of can't help but, do the same when you're in the band yeah just join in you know
0: yeah so this set uh, you can't touch this samples or steals super freak which was obviously from street songs which is his biggest hit album mm-hmm. and kind of the peak of his success and it is a, a really great album
1: mm-hmm.
0: 1981 it came out so three years after his debut but it's, his his career at that time rick james's career at that time was a little odd because even saying like three years after his debut, it's it's less time than that, really, because it's like every year, every year he was throwing a new album out. He was just nonstop making new music. Oh,
1: four, four albums in three years. It's crazy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't stop as well. He carried on all the way up to 89, just yeah. at, at least an album every year. The Street Songs is a great, uh, great album. And it's the first point that we uh, have a, a fun tale to tell about Prince, isn't it? Yeah. Uh... Do you know the Do you know the Prince connection to Street Songs?
1: I mean, I know I know various Prince stories with ah. Rick James. But, well, um, is this is this the one about pouring drink down his throat?
0: <laughs> no, it's not that. It's that he stole Rick James stole some programmed synths from Prince, and then used them on Street Songs, and then returns them, <laughs> returned them to Prince with a note saying so, something along the lines of "Thanks for thanks for making yeah. me this this hit hit album or something." <laughs> Um. Yeah, don't know how true it is, but I've seen the story in lots of places, and he and he's said yeah. it in lots of interviews. So
1: yeah. Well, to be honest, like anything could happen, and it, you know, in Rick James's life, and it wouldn't surprise me.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I really wouldn't.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a great album. Actually, it's it's got a good balance of catchy pop songs with really sophisticated arrangements. I think. Yeah. You know, there's so much going on on every track. It's is there's the horn parts are ridiculous? They're just beautiful. There's, there's so much instrumentation and uh we've also got the temptations doing backing vocals
0: i know right um,
1: which i didn't even know that, i mean that they they'd be on this i mean that they do the backing vocals for super freak
0: well that's the weird thing right you've got the temptations on there but not not in a selling way like he, they're not on there to sell the album you don't know they're there
1: <laughs> no although he does he does say temptation sing Ooh. yeah but but I, yeah. I, never, I never programmed into my brain that that was actually The Temptations. Yeah. Um. They're also on Ghetto Life as well. Really good.
0: And Stevie thing. Wonder on Mr. Policeman.
1: He does a harmonica, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he plays a harmonica on Mr. Policeman. Again, like, it, Stevie Wonder's normally got a very recognisable harmonica sound, yes. I think. But I yes. didn't know that was Stevie Wonder until I looked at the uh, the line of notes.
1: Yeah, yeah. Just as an aside, you know Stevie Wonder, Stevie Wonder recommended that he... He had the name Rick James.
0: Yeah, I, I read that, yeah. That's, that's his thing.
1: Yeah, but also got, ooh, we've got Tina Marie doing amazing, as always.
0: Yeah, now I know you've been going on a, uh, you've been on a real Tina Marie kick, haven't you, this week?
1: I just, I've, I've, I've always loved Tina Marie. She's she's, oh, right. she's awesome. She's just so cool. You know, she's got so much fire and so much energy. And she's, she's just this little, little white girl like, performing on Soul Train, you know, like, whoa, she's power coming out of her mm. I would say I personally think that Super Freak feels a bit out of place on this album it's I mean, it's the shortest track and it feels like it's, it's got the simplest production you know there's the least amount going on and I think I, I've i heard it said somewhere that it was kind of like a I wouldn't know is the wrong word but it was it was like it wasn't as important to the album musically as the others um, to rick it was it was more like a, a way to to make a single mm.
0: i i think i read or saw in an, and i can't remember if i saw this in an interview or if i read it that he had written uh the bassline to super freak and mm. was just kind of riffing over it in the studio yeah. and another member of the band had kind of said it was a bit cheesy and a bit silly but he yeah you know, he went with it and I, I but i and i wonder if he went with it because he knew okay well this is this is a hit, like this is the kind of thing that's going to chart. Yeah. Um, yeah, And that and the fact that it's a short song as well. I mean, Rick James, prior to this, he does have a bad habit, I think, of dragging songs out a little bit. There's a few too many seven and eight minute songs on prior albums that didn't have to be that long.
1: Yeah, I, I don't actually mind that, to be honest, you know, because...
0: But they're not going to be radio hits, are they?
1: They're not going to be radio hits, no, of course. Um, but in the clubs, they... I guess
0: in the clubs, yeah. You
1: know, like you know, they were they were at, um Studio 54. You know, yeah. It was it was perfect for that sort of place, and Parliament Funkadelic is 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 a very clear influence, and and they do insanely long tracks, like ten minute tracks. You know? Yeah. Um, I think it's all right as long as there's there's things going on, there's variations, there's something to hold your interest, and it's not just cut and paste, cut and paste yeah <clears throat> which I think I think he got into the habit of doing later on his career But the first sort of four or five albums definitely there's there's just it's just non stop variations interesting things going on yeah yeah but I would say it's 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 a bit of a shame that his his only Grammy is for a song that well i i guess it is it is his song and it isn't at the same time you know
0: mm. What's fun is if you go to the Grammys website where they, they list all the prior awards and on this one, because I think it won for best R&B song uh-huh. of the year, um, and the little circular image next to it is a picture of Rick James, not a picture of MC Hammer.
1: Oh, uh, well, that's cool. Yeah,
0: that's that's really cool. They've done that consciously, yeah. you know.
1: Yeah. Was it a joint win?
0: Yeah, three. basically it's a songwriting credit, so... Right. Um, or, sorry, a songwriting award. So the award went to MC Hammer, Rick James, and a third person who was obviously co-wrote it with, with MC Hammer.
1: Okay, I mean, it's it's good that he still got the, the recognition, you know.
0: Yeah, it's a bit of a shame to, for it to happen that way. And actually, he's... I mean, he didn't receive many awards at all in his life, and and uh, after his life either, you know. There's, there's kind of two... Well, on Wikipedia, there's two awards on his Wikipedia page, and one of them is... In the Buffalo Music Hall of Fame. So I mean, it's. Wow. I'm um, not, you know, I'm not shitting on Buffalo or anything, but that's not kind of like a big national acclaim or anything.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a shame. I, I would have, thought, I would have expected him to be on, you know, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame or something like that.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. I think those early '80s years, he was, he was amazing.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I just thought I'd get that off my chest.
0: <laughs> Good on you, mate. Good on you. Okay, question three. Name one of the two studio albums to not feature an image of Rick on the cover.
1: Oh, goodness.
0: That's Uh, a good one, isn't it? That's a good question.
1: That is a good one. I'm just having to think. Mm, One that's like, it's black with red writing on it, or Mm -hmm. the other way around. And I cannot actually remember what that's called. Uh, I'm absolutely stuck.
0: Okay. So the two that don't have, or so there's one that 100% doesn't have, and that's Kickin'. So we'll talk about Kickin' in a sec. The the other answer is Rick James Forever, but Rick James Forever is a little bit, it's a bit of a grey area because there's I've seen two versions of the cover. One of them has a cartoon of his face,
2: mm.
0: and the other one has no face at all. But you know, one of them's just like an orange cover that says Rick James Forever. Um, but but either way, neither of them have a photo of him on or a or a proper painting of him on or anything so i mean kick in is just text yeah it's just black and that's it has the course. word kick in that's i think right. it's got rick james in kind of scribble writing and then it says kick in in big block letters
1: that's right yeah. yeah
0: and they're both really uh in diff for different reasons kind of odd release releases
1: really i've got to be honest i haven't actually <laughs> listened to either of them <laughs>
0: I haven't listened to Rick James Forever. Rick James Forever is a really interesting story from what I can tell. And if anyone listening is a is a a big fan of Rick James and knows more about this album, I'm genuinely quite interested to hear about it because there's obviously a story behind it. Rick James Forever, it came out in 2020. It's original material as far as I can tell. And at the time of its release, release it didn't have any promotion at all. There's no Wikipedia page for it, bizarrely. Mm. And there's also zero, from what I can find. I mean, I haven't found a single review online of Rick James Forever, right. uh, which is just odd. Like for, for even his like children or the estate to not promote it at all. Yeah. And it seems to have just been kind of wiped from history. Like it's it's really weird. It's it's just that's, bizarre.
1: That's so odd. Yeah. Uh,
0: the only if you I've searched around and the only thing I can find is a, a Reddit post by someone saying. Hey, I found this album Rick James Forever, but I can't find anything about it online. Is it real? Whoa, that's <laughs> and so there's strange. and there's a reply saying, yeah, it's a, it's a real album by him, but yeah, I also can't find anything about it. So yeah, absolutely bizarre.
1: Did they give their opinion of it?
0: Yeah, yeah, on, on the, these two people talking about it on Reddit, both said they loved it. Um, wow, that's but, nuts. Yes, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. There's there's got to be a story behind why it wasn't promoted because 2020 was it long enough after his death that it could have been a hmm. You know, there hasn't hasn't been anything come out by him for a while. Oh, look at this material we found by Rick James. This new material, you could do a you could do a real promotion piece on that. Absolutely,
1: yeah, absolutely. Yeah, everyone would be you know going on Spotify and getting all his old stuff again.
0: Yeah, um, and then Kickin' as well is, is another weird one in that it was released in '89 as a promo only, which kind of means something different in every sense, every time it's used, isn't it? But Yes. So 89 was obviously pre-downloading and stuff. So if it was released as a promo, it means that only X number of people ever had a copy of it. And then uh, it was spread illegally on file sharing sites in 2004. So people kind of discovered it again. And then in 2014, they made it available for digital download legally. And now it's on Spotify. So you can stream it and stuff. So yeah, it's it's had a, a weird release history, but not his not his finest work. Kicking, I haven't listened to Rick James forever, um, but I do think those later albums, I they fizzled out. Yeah, they really fizzled out, and and even reading online, people, you know, fans aren't talking about that later stuff. So I do think that, yeah, I don't know.
1: Mm, yeah, seems like a a general consensus.
0: Yeah, a little bit. It's just yeah, you know, people are turning a bit of a blind eye to the to the later later albums.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think the Arabs did get generally poor reviews from critics.
0: Yeah, I think that yeah, Street Songs was was a great album, and it was very early in his career. And then he, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I, I was going to try and postulate, but actually, I've got nothing. I don't know the reason why.
1: Yeah, it's it's tricky, isn't it? Because you, you know, you if you've got a a formula that works, yeah, then you kind of want to stick to it. But at the same time, artistically, you want to change so that you, you know, you last a long time, and uh, you bring in new audiences—that sort of thing. You know, it's it's a tricky balancing act, isn't it?
0: Yeah, and I guess also we've we've managed to get this far into the episode by dancing around the fact that also his drug use was—I mean, it didn't go down at any point in his life. So by the late eighties and and nineties, when these albums were coming out. He was probably in a, in a very different mental state than he was. Yeah. At the beginning.
1: Sure. Yeah, i f- I found that he. I mean, by the '90s, he was really, he had a real cocaine problem, and later admitted to spending about seven grand a week on drugs for five years straight. Wow. Yeah, and that was that was just before, well, the, lots of crazy things with the police, were were happening. Yeah. Mm. Um, with with his girlfriend Tanya Hijazi, I don't know if we want to talk about that or not. But
0: I mean, give, give us give us the two liner summary of it, and and I'll tell you what what I think.
1: Um, he was arrested. Well, they were arrested on charges of holding a twenty four year old hostage for up uh, six days, tying her up, forcing her to perform torturous things uh, while being on a, a week long cocaine binge.
0: Yeah yeah I didn't I didn't read up about it too much uh, at all really actually kind of I read the headlines and that's about it yeah Uh, the the thing is yeah it was a time of lots of drugs and don't really have much to say to (laughs) you we
1: don't have to talk about it we can just say he was having a lot of drugs
0: (laughs) yeah it's uh, yeah let's move on let's move on it It wasn't it wasn't a good time
1: it wasn't a good time in his life no Say
0: that. I will say, though, I had listened to a lot of his music and uh, read a lot about his uh, lifestyle, his upbringing and his pimping and his drugs mm-hmm. before I ever saw him interviewed. And right. then I watched this interview very early in his career. You might have seen the same one because it seems to pop up quite early on, on YouTube hmm. in Essen in Germany. And I don't know what the festival is or if it's just a gig fit that he was doing in Germany. Mm. And he's getting interviewed backstage by the a, a German TV presenter. And he's so likable. Like, he's, he's mm. a really nice guy. And I was yeah. I was taken aback about a little bit because I just wasn't expecting that, you know. Mm. When you read about all his antics and, and, you know, what he was up to, I was expecting him to be in your face and look at me, look at me and... Do you know what I mean? And he wasn't at all. Yeah. He was super respectful, really yeah. polite to the interviewer. He was. He made a big point of bringing the band out and making sure they were all introduced. Uh, and yeah. it wasn't just an interview with him. It was an interview with the whole band. I, I found him super, yeah, super likable. Very attractive.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch the the show Tales from the Tour
0: Bus? No, I didn't. You mentioned it to me, but I didn't get around to seeing it's, it.
1: It's, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, so it's by... It's by Mike Judge, uh, from King of the Hill and Beavis and Butthead Fame. <laughs> uh, so it's it's animated interviews with people who knew superstars and they talk about the antics on the road, and there's there's little animated sequences of, of what of their stories. So there's really interesting really interesting stories on there actually. Yeah, the band talk a lot about all kinds of things throughout his career. They do say on there that he was very much a team player. He wanted everyone to be included. And, you know, if someone bought him a drink, then he would make sure that they bought everyone else a drink as well. Mm -hmm. You know, that sort of thing. He was very, he was very much about the band together, you know?
0: Yeah. I can imagine that after seeing a couple of interviews with him, he'd, yeah, as I say, he's just a really nice guy, really, really respectful, polite, down to earth, nice guy. And Mm. not the, not the character that I read about. Well, you know, the stuff that was happening to him in the 90s. And, you know, we, we touched upon it before that it does make me wonder how much of Rick James is an act and if there is a character behind that and he takes his wig off when he gets home in the evening and he's a different person.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's interesting, isn't it? It is it's very interesting. A, he's definitely a rock star, isn't he? In, in in every sense of the word.
0: Yeah. Yeah, so we, we haven't talked about his, about his early years at all, but there was a period where he was living in somewhere in the us i can't remember and he got friendly with the temptations and so jimmy ruffin suggested that they become pimps <laughs> and Yeah. suggested that they become pimps and then they can use their girls in like music videos and stuff and it'll attract it'll attract people like yeah. that seems like a great idea so rick was like yeah no brilliant so they go and become pimps um but apparently rick james was a like a really bad pimp because he never took money from the girls, and he kept kept giving them money, and he and apparently he just quite liked beating up their tricks um, when yeah. they didn't pay. That was his favourite yeah. part of the job. So um, yeah, apparently he was it was a pretty awful pimp. But Jimmy Ruffin said that he uh, Rick would always go on about his his pimping days, but actually he was the world's worst pimp.
1: <laughs> yeah, he had, he had too many morals. <laughs> That's right. Yeah,
0: I love that. That's the best reason to be a bad pimp. <laughs> Oh, mate. All right, let's, uh, let's go to question four.
1: Mm-hmm. You are
0: smashing it, mate. Oh, no, you're not. You got that wrong. No, I'm not. Yeah, I'm two right. two out of three is smashing it, I would say.
1: Two out of three ain't bad.
0: Two out of three ain't bad. Question four. What was Rick James's last ever live performance?
1: Oh, boy. Was this during an awards ceremony?
0: It was during an awards ceremony.
1: Oh, God. I, just, I, just, I can't remember what it was, but I've watched it. It's it's the... B- be something.
0: <laughs> yeah. I'll give it to you. The B E T Awards. Two thousand four. I,
1: I was gonna see the Bet Awards, but it didn't sound right in my head. Yeah. yeah. I've I've watched I've watched his antics and his, his duet with Tina Marie. Uh, he's, he's not in a he's not in a very good place. I found fantasy.
0: it I found it really sad to be honest. Yeah watching that. Both of them I mean Tina Marie's voice is not isn't great in it. But yeah Vic... but she's
1: but she, she, she keeps the song going. You know she's she's super professional and you know he he forgets lines and he, he comes in the wrong places and she she holds it together you know.
0: i guess but i think but because because of his failings it does the whole song does kind of sound like a bit of a mess it does um, yeah the, the the way that duet works is you need to it, there is a lot of back and forth so if you're coming in at the wrong place the whole song ends up sounding like it's just chopped up and Yes, yeah. definitely.
1: I I get the sense watching it that everyone there is just really starstruck that he's there and she's there, you know, singing together, and that they don't seem to care. You know, the
0: crowd seem to love it. Yeah, they seem yeah. to be really happy to see to see Rick James. But yeah, it's it's not it's not either of their finest performances. Yeah, so, it's um,
1: very sad. It's he's he's not well at all, is he? No,
0: no. He, <laughs> it was at that award ceremony, wasn't it, where he he goes he says something about. The woman backstage didn't know who who he was. Yeah, <laughs> that's when he pulls out the I'm Rick James bitch.
1: Yeah, I'm Rick James bitch. <laughs> Everyone goes mad.
0: <laughs> and to be clear, he didn't. He never said that before Dave Chappelle did. He like Dave Chappelle coined that.
1: I don't know. I think he might have said it in the past, but it's become it's become a catchphrase because of Dave Chappelle. Yeah. Um, I found there is a Lego shop in Australia. It's called I'm Rick James Bricks.
0: That's amazing.
1: I know, it's it's run by a guy called Rick. I don't think he's called Rick James. Um, yeah, it's it. it there's no relation to Rick James at all, except the name. I'm Rick James. Bricks. <laughs> I thought that was brilliant.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is. That's good. Also, we're assuming that everyone knows the Dave Chappelle thing, but there might be people that that don't.
1: I've I've got to be honest. I mean, I I didn't know anything about it until I researched this. Oh, I mean, really? I barely know anything about Dave Chappelle except for his recent stand up.
0: I, I did I absolutely knew it. But I don't know a lot else by Dave Chappelle. I remember when I was a teenager, I remember the Rick James skits. They those are the only, probably the only Dave Chappelle skits that I remember. But they're really good, yeah. So for people that haven't seen it, Dave Chappelle does this thing called I can't remember what the sketch is called, but it's like it's it's basically Charlie Murphy who who is genuinely a good friend of Rick James's. Um, he's eddie well, murphy's brother isn't he? eddie murphy's brother yeah yeah so that in real life they were good friends and the, the sketch is basically charlie murphy telling stories about um the early years of knowing rick james and then dave Chappelle is playing rick james and they're they're acting out the stories that charlie murphy is telling but the stories that charlie murphy is telling are obviously i don't know like they're, they're not true or they're fabrications of the truth yeah, but the but Rick James is, is is involved as well. Like he's he's there talking and Charlie Murphy is there talking. It's not having a laugh at Rick James, it's having a laugh with Rick James.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Prince does turn up as well. Chappelle plays Prince. Yeah. <laughs> but he gives him a really low voice, like rrr, 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 rrr. Like, you know, Prince was nothing like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 worth a watch. <laughs>
0: Yeah, we were talking about the, the the BET awards. His performance wasn't fantastic. I saw a a nineteen eighty one performance of Super Freak, and his his voice is suspiciously good. I think it might be synced, but but even if it is synced, his performance is wild. Like he's just yeah. going crazy. Yeah, just watching him move is a good enough show. If I if I was there for the live show and they were lip syncing, I'd probably still be having a good time because he's just yeah. he's all over the place and like the drum kit is is kind of like set. The slightly higher yeah. stage, and he's like yeah. jumping up and then like jumping down, doing poses, and like it's just brilliant. He had so much energy back then. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, that's the drugs, isn't it? <laughs> well I guess so. Yeah, I guess I guess that but yeah, is it. Yeah, he's he's a he's a proper showman. Yeah, and costumes, I think were, were him as well. That was his idea. The matching hairstyles, you know, the, the the general image of the band. I think he had this vision. Yeah, this it, the whole thing is is him. You know, it's his. It's in his mind. <laughs>
0: yeah. The glitter?
1: The glitter. So much glitter. Yeah. My oh my gosh. gosh. On Tales from the Tour Bus, they, they talk a lot about the glitter. They say like, oh, I've got I've got glitter from 30 years ago, still in my saxophone case.
0: <laughs> There's just glitter everywhere. Every performance yeah. they did, they were doused in glitter.
1: Yeah. They, they had a funny story. They said that they used to get regular calls from angry boyfriends and husbands um, who had discovered glitter on their wives and girlfriends, where there shouldn't be glitter
0: <laughs> but yeah he was it was a real showman his his voice wasn't always the best live uh, i've seen quite a few live before even in the even the earlier years he wasn't um yeah but i, I, I guess that's also to do with the amount of energy that he's putting into the, into the mm. show yeah um but yeah. regardless of how good his voice was live he was an amazing live act
1: oh it's a ridiculous amount of
0: charisma yeah, yeah. And also just a big band as well. The Stone City band would like, just to, yeah. just to see that band live, amazing. Yeah, mm-hmm. really amazing yeah. band.
1: Yeah, apparently he was inspired a lot by the band Kiss. I guess their general look. Um, really? But also also the, the pyrotechnics on stage, like explosions. And One time he had a, like a sparkler at the end of his guitar. So just firing sparks out of the head of the guitar. and uh it set fire to his cape and he just sort of pulled the cape off and brushed it off, and people thought it was part of the show
0: oh really because he also set fire to himself with a joint didn't he did you read about that yes he did he gave himself some some pretty severe burns when he was walking off stage no it wasn't a joint sorry it was a crack pipe
1: that's right yeah yeah
0: he was walking off stage and needed a hit of his crack pipe and set fire to his hair or something like that and
1: yeah that's right yeah but he, he he did smoke on stage as well uh marijuana and um you know at the time when it was illegal mm. he, he just was carefree about it you know he was you know and doing songs of course about recreational drugs yeah. um and, and and the police were were out to get him they were trying to arrest him at a lot of shows you know they would turn up and he he would he would go off stage and then be replaced by you know one of his assistants who dressed yeah. up as him <laughs> and, and and the guy would get beaten up by the cops. while well, Rick James sort of scooted out the back.
0: <laughs> yeah, well I mean he was he was in trouble with the cops from an early age, wasn't he? So
1: Yeah, he was just uh, used to it.
0: He's just used to it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean oh yeah. His his childhood and his teenage years were just just wild, weren't they? Mm. Yeah, um, I mean he
1: was he was uh you know, his his mum was she was working for the mafia, wasn't she? In Buffalo.
0: Yeah, she was colli- oh. Did I misunderstand? Was she collecting money or collecting, collecting she something? A, or?
1: She was a runner. Yeah. What does that mean? A runner.
0: He delivers stuff swing. rather than Deli- collecting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Getting,
1: getting, getting what they need basically. Uh, yeah. And and I think well I read somewhere that his debut album was funded a lot by the gangsters that his mum mm-hmm. was working for.
0: Yeah. He. I mean, he got into heroin as a as a teenager. He started taking heroin. And he also claims that he lost his virginity when he was nine years old. And when talking about that, rather than say, oh, how awful, he said, he said, uh, yeah, I guess I had the kink in me at an early age.
1: (laughs) That's one way of putting it.
0: (laughs) And then so we might as well just say a little bit more about his about his early years. So then he was drafted, wasn't he?
1: Well, he he avoided. He he signed up to the Navy Reserve to avoid. uh, uh, being drafted, the draft. yeah, yeah, being drafted for Vietnam,
0: yeah, and then he was, he was meant to go on duty, and so he ran away, uh, ran away to Canada, changed his yeah. name to, uh, well, it was Rick James, but it was a longer version of Richard. It was like Richard James something, uh, Ricky James Matthews. Ricky James Matthews, and then in Canada, in Toronto, he met. Yeah, he met. Yeah. he met loads of
1: people in Toronto.
0: Yeah, really. I mean he started hanging out with Joni Mitchell and Neil Young and he was it was in Toronto that he start. he formed the Minor Birds, I think, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah. And the Minor Birds actually almost had some success. I think they got a recording deal, didn't they?
1: Briefly. Yeah, they had a single, actually. Yeah. Minor
0: Bird Hop.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then for whatever reason I mean we're really we're rushing through this, but if anyone's interested, you don't even have to buy a book. You can just go to Wikipedia and there's so much information about his backstory on Wikipedia. So from there, he, uh, for whatever reason, something happened and he fled down to the East Coast, I think, in the US.
1: No, I think I think he, f- he fled down to the US because he was in trouble for, for avoiding the draft.
0: Oh, but that's because where they, they found him. They, yeah, they eventually yeah. found him down there, didn't they? And he served mm. a year in prison for that. Yeah. After becoming a pimp. I think he was a pimp before he, <laughs> before he got
1: caught. Oh, he was a young pimp.
0: Yeah. He was a young pimp, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he was also involved with Crosby, Stills and Nash. And, That's uh, right. Him. Yeah, and Steven Stills. Yeah, yeah, crazy, absolutely crazy. Just, just so many people he's he's been involved with, you know. And then he went to Detroit, uh, where he was he was a songwriter for Motown Records. Yeah, just incredible, absolutely incredible.
0: <laughs> Some people, I think, are just destined for fame, and and I think Rick James mm. is one of those people. Like he's, the, his personality and his perseverance and his just everything about him is doesn't matter what you throw in the way, he was going to be famous.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right, question five, matey. Grace Slick of Jefferson Airplane provided backing vocals on which Rick James album?
1: Oh, okay. This is going to be a guess. This is going to be a guess. Um, I'm going to say... Because, because you can't
0: remember or because you haven't read this.
1: Because I don't know that I'm going to take an educated guess and probably be wrong. I'm going to say Glow.
0: No, afraid not. It was on Throwing Down.
1: Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. And I cool. think
0: I think that the only track she is on is uh She Blew My Mind Sixty Nine Times. Right, cool. Which is an awesome tune. I really like it. Really funky tune. It's
1: a very funky album. Yeah, yeah, it is a really funky album. Yeah.
0: Back when Rick was not taking himself too seriously as well. Because like the cover art in those early albums just oh hilarious. <laughs>
1: yeah. Just bonkers. I mean look at the the cover of Throwing Down. It's like some Kind of Dungeons and Dragons cosplay. You
0: know? Yeah. Yeah. Throwing down just... the Conan the Barbarian one, isn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 And his bass is a giant
0: axe. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So she blew my mind 69 times. Really funky tune. It's got, guess what? It's got a hand clap. That's why I like it. Really nice playful guitar. Uh, it's got a solo. It's got a guitar solo. Nice backing vocals, of course, by Grace Slick. And also, uh, so Grace Slick's presence on the album is actually a bit weird, I think, because it's not again it's not a selling point it's not like mm. it was it was uh Rick James featuring Grace Slick it was just Rick James tune and if you look at the liner notes you can see that Grace Slick was singing um and it's not a dip in her career either like she was still a name in her own right you know she was releasing she was releasing solo albums at this point i think you know, jefferson airplane were, were no longer a thing but she was releasing music she was she was a, uh, a singer in her own right so she didn't need to she didn't need to work so so it's like it's just another case of Rick James being obviously charming and persuasive and he gets legends on his music.
1: Yeah, clearly. Yeah, that's that's brilliant. I guess he was just in the right place at the right time.
0: Yeah, so actually I've got here, it's 1982 Throwing Down came out. 1981 was Grace's third solo album, which did chart in the US at 48, which isn't brilliant, but it's high enough to, continue, you know, you're, you're still a hit. Yeah, so.
1: Yeah, that's cool. On the subject of guests yeah yeah. i don't know if you i don't know if you know these people you'd probably be like who the hell are they they're gonna Uh, be jazz musicians kind of so in the first two albums he's got the brecker brothers playing the horns the brecker brothers are legends in in jazz and jazz fusion they are like in the in the top of of horn sections just Mm -hmm. unbelievable i was like wow i can't believe that they that they're on there but the the horns are so good it, it makes sense
0: yeah, I didn't know them, but uh, it doesn't surprise me that he had had the best on there. The horns are so good on those on those first couple of albums.
1: The horns the are so good. I, I I love these. I mean, the thing is with with these first few albums, you can listen to them each time, focusing on a different instrument, and you can appreciate how much is going on. Um, just just amazing. Uh, really good.
0: Mm. And actually, just to backtrack a bit, to go back to his debut album, the fact it opens with Stone City Band High. Mm. it's such a good opener because it, it's really like it's like a live album isn't it because it's like that opener is really that introduction when you go to see a big band yeah and definitely. you know every member of the band is having their moment to shine and it's like it's introducing you to all the instruments you're about to see for the next 40 minutes that's it that's um it. it's a brilliant brilliant opener really uh, and good. quite a few of those early albums had openers like that where you have know, you got a very long sort of jam track as as yeah. early on in the album to kind of introduce all the instruments. It's brilliant.
1: Yeah, it really sets it up nicely, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, throwing down is a is an album I really like. There's loads going on on all the tracks there. Loads of atmosphere, loads of backing vocals. Dance with me is a really great opener. It's like a, again, it's like a party. Like opening yeah. up with a party. I love it. Yeah, good fun album.
1: It's got lovely ballads as well, "Teardrops" and "Happy." Really beautiful.
0: Just on the ballads thing, though, there are some ballads where I find it a little bit cringy when he does the really slow, sexy stuff.
1: Yeah, yeah, I, I think so too. Yeah. And I and I
0: didn't know that side of Rick James, but but the more I listen to his music, it's on almost every album has a really slow, yeah. trying to be sexy tune, and so it's obviously a relevant part of his of his catalog to do those kinds of tunes, but I really don't like them.
1: Most of them I don't like, but I think the ones on Throwing Down, I do actually quite appreciate them. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got some nice melodies and really good or- orchestral parts as well. The strings mm-hmm. really work well. He's,
0: he's a legend. I, I, I'm going to say it. Go on, say it. He's a
1: legend. <laughs>
0: he's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> and do you know somebody who would agree with me?
1: Is that our guest?
0: It is our guest, Quintella from Philadelphia. Now, I've got to do a couple of disclaimers here. I'll do one disclaimer beforehand, and I've got one to say afterwards. So the first one is: we were marred with the worst technical difficulties I've ever experienced. So unfortunately, the 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 following interview is a bit short. I've had to chop it up a lot uh, and pull together what I can. It was such a lovely conversation, but yeah, sadly, a lot of the a lot of it was was unusable, which is a real shame. But uh, yeah, I hope I hope this uh, I hope it all makes sense i've put together and um hope you enjoy
2: well it was i believe 1978 club scene um my favorite disco salsas which of course doesn't exist anymore and the dj played this song and And we was like what is this and it went on and it just started and at the time, it was a dance-out called the Freaky Deaky, and everybody was like, what is that? And we just got on the floor and started doing the Freak, and that was the name of the dance. And, I mean, it was just bumping and thumping, and everybody was like, who is that? And he was like, oh, that's Rick James and the same City Band. But, oh my God, I just fell in love with the sound and the musicality of it. It was just, ooh, it was just so free, like, Wow. You know, Rick just did some things in that song that we hadn't heard previously. Mm. Um,
0: career. So, did you you followed him throughout his whole career?
2: Oh yes, 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 yes. Um, in fact, I saw him for the last time. Um, after he was, you know, got out of incarceration, he was able to travel, mm. and he had put the band back together, and I think. JoJo was the only original Mary Jane girl with him. And he was at the Valley Forge, uh, Valley Forge, one of the hotels in Valley Forge on a New Year's Eve concert. And when I tell you, it was like 10 degrees below zero. I was freezing my tail off. <laughs> I was there waiting for the bus. And I must have waited for like 40 minutes, but it was worth it. Oh, my God. It was like no time had passed. They were just playing good. He was singing good.
0: So how many times did you manage to see Rick live?
2: Um, In concert, I think about six, Mm -hmm. because the one concert I didn't go to, and that's when I had developed the plot to kidnap him. Got my girlfriend um, who recently passed. Um, and I, she drove me down there. I don't know why she didn't think I was going to go through with it. She was like, I didn't think he was really going to try to kidnap him. And it just so happened. As soon as we got to what it used to be called uh, Columbus, Delaware Avenue was Columbus Boulevard. Now they used to have clubs down there. And as soon as they brought him out and he was a little to- toasty and they were getting ready to put him in the car. But everybody with him was toasty. And, um, He got back, you know, they put him in a limo, so then I tried to get her to follow the limo. But she wouldn't (laughs) do that either. I was so, I didn't, when I tell you, I didn't speak to her for months. I did not speak to her for months about this. Because she was right, I mean, he was right there. Mm. Right there. Like.
0: Yeah, but you're the only person that we've spoken to on this show who's actually had a kiss from their favorite artist.
2: Yeah, he kissed me, I like that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I ain't washed my lips forever. <laughs> it was so funny. Um,
0: that's amazing. But that
2: was that was just an exciting moment for me.
0: Yeah. You
2: know, it wasn't it wasn't nothing raunchy or racy. It just was like a sweet thank you. Yeah. You know, kiss, and it, it just touched my heart.
0: That's awesome. Did you get into? Did, do you collect any memorabilia, or, or not so much?
2: Oh yeah, I had um pen, you know, like the Rick James pins, and um, I had the uh magazine with that he came out when they did his home in Buffalo, and you know pictures and things like that. But as you mm-hmm. get to lose things, but I do know now that they're actually selling his. Um, shirts and I am going to buy me a long long sleeve um, um, t-shirt with picture on it. And I have my own personal pictures that I've taken um, at at different shows. And I shared them with the uh, Stone City Band and they actually posted them on their website. So I have my own personal photos.
0: Oh, wow. Do the Stone City Band still perform?
2: Yes, in fact, they have started touring again, and I cannot wait to see them. Oh wow! Because they, you know, they were the, they were the heat. Yeah. Um, if I had known they were going to be on the Soul Train cruise last year, I would have gone. But that they're touring on the West Coast now. Um,
0: that's awesome. righty, so uh, what we like to do at Superfancast is I've created five questions to uh, test your knowledge of Rick James. So, okay. Quest- question one who was the song cold-blooded written about
2: uh the girl that played in the existence linda Belair.
0: that's the one mm-hmm. Yep. so 100 percent right so far <laughs> <laughs> that's a strong start um yeah it's, a, it's an obscure obscure relationship that one i didn't obviously didn't know that yeah. they had a relationship
2: real weird that was weird to me but okay <laughs>
0: Very i wanted start. him
2: to write a song about me that's why i was trying to get an album. oh maybe
0: it's maybe it's in the catalog somewhere it's in it's in the vault
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> very good so quest, question two what song won rick james his only grammy
2: oh it was super freak wasn't it
0: ah uh, it's a bit of a Oh tr- wait wait wait
2: wait 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 no 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 <laughs> ghetto life but nope. I don't want to say ghetto
0: like. I'm afraid not. He was nominated for two Grammys. Um, right. And I can't remember what those nominations were, but he won a Grammy in 1991 for MC Hammer's You Can't Touch This.
2: Yeah, I get a half yeah. a point for that because that was super freak. <laughs> you get half a point. <laughs> <laughs> that was super freak music, so I get a half a point for that
0: it was super freaks music yeah all right i'll give you half a point but
2: okay
0: (laughs) i'm gonna lose i'm gonna lose street cred for giving away half points
2: (laughs) oh that's fine go ahead all
0: right question three name one of the two studio albums that do not feature a picture of rick james on the cover
2: um oh i can do that real good i want to say wait a minute hold up no garden of love half a morning oh wait a minute it had to be one of them last ones Mm. oh god i can't think of the name of them wait 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 i'll tell you in one second no he's on urban rhapsody now i remember he made this obscure album with the second label that didn't do well and i can't remember whether he was on it or not but it was called the flag
0: Oh, the flag! Yeah, he's on the cover of the flag.
2: All right, I so, give up on that because every album yeah. <laughs> I knew, he, had, he was on the cover.
0: I know, yeah. So but the flag, he was. But I have
2: the deeper still album.
0: Yeah, deeper still, flag, he's, he he's on the, the cover. cover of that. He's on the cover of deeper still. Yeah, um the two albums he's not on the cover of is kickin and Rick James forever.
2: Okay, now I'm not turning out to be a good Jim- Rick James no, fan. You're
0: you're the best but <laughs> but Rick James Forever is a weird album it's a, it's a strange one because it's it kind of it wasn't promoted at all really and no one seems to know much about it i mean it's on spotify have you can listen to it on spotify but it's um oh okay and kicking as well was a weird one because it's it came out in 89 but it it wasn't it didn't do very well and so then they re-released it um after his death and i think it did a little bit better but yeah for whatever reason they didn't have his face on them yeah <laughs> Okay, not not a problem though. You're still on One and a half
2: points. <laughs> That's not good.
0: <laughs> the question four: What was Rick James's last ever live performance?
2: Oh, was that the American Music Awards?
0: It was the the BET Awards.
2: BET Awards.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give you the point for that.
2: Yeah, that that hurt my heart to see him, um, in a condition he was mm. in. In fact, I sent him an email, um just telling him how much he meant to my life. And because it hurt my heart so much, you know, and I just wanted to tell him how much he, his music meant to my life and, you know, things like that. And um, I shared some spiritual things with him, um, you know, because it, it just, I cried. I really mm. cried when I saw him like that. It just, yeah. it hurt my heart. I was like, oh my goodness. Mm. Because it's funny how, he, you know, Somebody's music can make them such an intricate part of your life and your heart. And you really come to love these people through their music. And that's how I felt about him. His music was very personal to me. Um, The only other person that affected me when they died, like, well, no, was also Marvin Gaye and um, when Michael Jackson died. Yeah. Um, it affected me greatly because we grew up the, you know, we were the same age, we grew up together. Yeah. But um that really, really hurt me to see him like that. Yeah. Such well, a musical genius.
0: That's yeah. We will um yeah. we'll move swiftly on to, to question five. Grace Slick of Jefferson Airplane provided backing vocals on a which Rick James album.
2: Oh. The one with 69 times on it oh wait 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> well i can tell you you're right but you need to be able to name the album
2: it's the throwing down album <laughs> that's right well yes done. my favorite song is on the happy oh yes well done. yes i love oh yes throwing down so i got i got something
0: <laughs> no you did really well you get you got uh three and a half points i'm gonna get bullied for giving away half points but what, what i normally like to end on is um if anyone listening isn't uh, massively into rick james how would you sum his music up to get people interested
2: rick was down dirty sexy and raw um and he just didn't come out the box he dismantled it mm-hmm. he was just so free um in his music and even but then there was also a tender side to him that you saw develop in some of the duets. Um, yes, I, I love my Rick James.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, yeah, it shows.
2: Yes, um, and I I'll... love the Stone City Band.
0: There you go, thanks Quintella. And I will I will quickly say that I was wrong. I was wrong to give a three and a half points. I always go on about how I never give half points but she was, she was just sweet and we had a nice conversation. and I was just enjoying enjoying the talk and she got one over me. and I won't let it happen again. And also that the point for the award ceremony, I know. you don't have to tell me that, I know. okay.
1: So to, to win in this podcast, you just got to charm the pants of Chris. It
0: seems that way, yeah. <laughs> but that's as news to me as it is to you. I didn't realize that I was that fickle.
1: Well, we've got to be more careful next time, haven't we? We've got to pick some some less nice guests.
0: Yeah, well, you got to pick some concrete heads or something for for the yeah. next interview. No more charmers.
1: <laughs> I put that on the advert.
0: But it was a great conversation with her, and she had some she had some awesome stories. You know the <laughs> the plot to kidnap Rick James and the time that she got she got a kiss from him. I think that the story about that when she got a kiss from him, the, the beginning is is cut out a little bit because of the the uh, tech problems that we had. But uh she she saw him backstage and gave him a sign that she was waving during the show and uh and he gave her a kiss to say thank you and yeah and that was it. But uh yeah, awesome.
1: Well that's nice. That's nice. I've never been kissed by Prince or Tried to kidnap him, so... well, well. What?
0: You weren't <laughs> kissed by Prince?
1: No. It's sad. It's
0: oh, bless you. If you would like to to be a super fan on, uh, on an episode, you need to get in touch with us, and you can go to superfannews.net and fill out the contact form there, if you are so inclined. Yes,
1: and uh, also, in case I haven't scared off any Rick James fans, if you want to know a bit more about how I love Prince so much... If you want to hear me gushing about how great he is, (laughs) I did do an episode, a solo episode in season one. So check it out.
0: Yeah, definitely go back and check that out. Rob Jones on Twitter said he uh, really enjoyed our Pearl Jam episode, but he did have to to shout at his phone a few times. He didn't specify which party he had to shout at his phone, but I'm sure we made mistakes. And uh, yeah, I mean, this isn't a historically accurate podcast. We are just having a bit of fun.
1: Well, he could have been shouting shouting nice things. Yeah, he
0: could have been shouting, I bloody love this!
1: (laughs) You guys the best!
0: That's true. Yeah, that is true.
1: Oh, there was a guy who who said he really liked... Well, he he listened and he didn't care much for the podcast, but he does like the music.
0: (laughs) That's right, he did, yeah. So
1: that's music. Yeah, so that's music by me, so I was quite happy with that.
0: So follow us on the socials, Facebook, Twitter, Superfancast, and get in touch with us with your feedback. Leave a review or a rating on your podcast player of choice. And that's about it.
1: Yeah, it's it's been really fun checking out Rick James. Yeah, uh, it's I've
0: been,
1: been a good one. I've learned so much, and I am definitely going to listen to him a lot more. And I'm going to read read his memoirs. I'm going to have to check it out.
0: Yeah, me too. I def- I'm definitely going to check out Bitchin, which is <laughs> which is the documentary that came out a couple of years ago. Bitchin'. <laughs> <laughs> amazing, amazing. Name.
1: That's a great name. Yeah. yeah.
0: So, thank you for joining us, and we look forward to you joining us again in a couple of weeks. At which point, we are going to be looking into Peter Gabriel. Indeed, we are. So, stay safe, everybody. Keep rocking, and we'll see you next time. Bye bye.